today's show. We're going to game seven, baby. Game seven. How did the Mavs force a game seven? We'll talk about that and more. Damn, Luca, special. I'm Luka Doncic, and this is Lockdown Mavericks Podcast. I don't believe you shouldn't be here. Let it ride. Let it ride. Oh, game seven. We got to game seven, baby. Game seven. You are locked on to the Dallas Mavericks. My name is Nick Angstead, media member and NBA channel manager for the Locked On Podcast Network. Thanks for making Locked On Mavs your first listen every day when we let it ride. And whew, we are free and available on all platforms, including YouTube, where you can subscribe to the show. And the best way to help us grow is to comment below. And uh, you may want to head over to Locked On Suns. Just give them a little let's go Mavs. Maybe give them a game seven in the comments just go let's go Mavs in the comments maybe leave a, a, a raccoon emoji in there whatever you decide to do and joining me as always my co-host writer contributor at Mavs.com the game seven son game seven. Game seven, one more thing King what you got for me Isaac Harris <laughs> yeah go give Brendan some comments he needs some he's slacking uh, whenever the Suns win let's get, but. let's get him to 300 comments Honestly, <laughs> reply to um, other comments, reply to other. Let's go Mavs with let's go Mavs. Just go over to Brennan and get, let's get him to 400, like 300 comments or 200, whatever. Shout out, shout out to the guy in the black Jeep, leaving <laughs> the Lexus garage. Yeah. Nick and Nick and I are just chilling on top of Lexus tonight. Uh, the parking garage and uh, talking about this win, <laughs> waiting for the traffic to go down. And we hear a uh, were faint. stripping by the way. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> Really? <laughs> People love to clip some. Uh, I was I was walking some. I was walking through Lexus to my car and all of a sudden I looked over and Isaac was taking his clothes off on the top of the parking garage. <laughs> it's a big win. <laughs> Pastor <laughs> by day. <laughs> um <laughs> Parking garage attendant by night. <laughs> after a day of people trying to trying to actually quote us on the, the internet. Oh, just uh, doing it all wrong in all the wrong ways. I'm, I almost <laughs> felt bad for Skip Bayless today. <laughs> Why? Because he probably gets taken out of context all the time, too. <laughs> well, even just like misquoted, it's funny. But uh, <laughs> but anyway, shout out. We were up there talking and we hear this faint. Let it ride. Let it ride. It's like, Heck so yeah. shout out to you driving Heck a black Jeep. Yeah. But man, what a, what a fun night. What a fun Amazing. night in AAC. The fans were incredible. Jalen Brunson started his whole post-game press conference saying, first off, hats off to the fans tonight. Because y'all killed it. Mavs fans killed it. And we have a freaking even series going seven games against Phoenix Suns. It's insane. Game seven! Incredible. And 
Honestly, that game six felt exactly like game five, but flipped completely. It was like the game was the exact same, right? Competitive throughout, kind of close at halftime. And then all of a sudden, just one team just takes a, you know, a real big run. And all of a sudden, it was just out of reach. And it just seemed like there was no chance in hell the other team was going to be able to come back. And tonight, but it was the Were Mavericks. there adjustments? Were there? there- there were adjustments. One of the adjustments the Mavs made was Chris Paul to just be awful. He hit a couple late threes, and so he has 13 points. And you're like, oh, okay, he, only, he had 13. Some, some games he has 13, and he's impactful. But no, Chris Paul has been terrible. And it wasn't even Reggie Bullock on him in this game. One of the big adjustments that Jason Kidd made was putting Bullock over on Devin Booker and the Mavericks blitzing and trapping Booker off pick and rolls and things like that. And, it, it, I mean, Dorian was on Chris Paul a little bit. Frank Nielkina got a bunch of minutes, and he was on Chris Paul a lot. But, oh, we'll talk about Frank. Oh, we'll, we'll get Frank to love. But honestly, I'm going to do the same thing I did after Game 5, and just Chris Paul was just bad. He's just been bad in some of these games, and that's the reason why the Mavericks have, have been able to win some of these games. And every single one of the Mavs wins, Chris Paul has just been bad. And yeah, as, as, you know, as a Mavs fan, you probably give some credit to the Mavericks' defense. And yeah, the Here Mavs' defense had something to do with it, but... That guy just being this bad is wild. Um, you know, game two, fourth quarter, he torches Dallas there. And, you know, we're seeing the the tweets of, oh, classic Chris. Here we go. You know, the, the Chris Paul stands are enjoying it. And, man, he just fell off the face of the earth since then. Like, that feels like, that feels like an eternity ago. And I, th- I think it both could be true. I think, you know, he has struggled a ton He's, it looks like he's like aged really fast. You know, you pointed this out when we were talking, you know, after the game that, you know, the speed of the series that, you know, we've had one day off in between every single game of the series until this moment. Now we get travel in between that. So you have two games, travel, two games, travel, one game back and forth now, travel. And like that, that wears on you, right? Which is why the bubble was such incredible playoff basketball. But, but now you have Chris Ball. And I wonder, I mean, I wonder. I wondered before the series if that was going to be a factor. And honestly, it kind of looks like it is a little bit because Chris Paul has just been so bad. And honestly, Devin Booker was bad in this game, too. And that's where we can give Bullock some credit. Oh, 100%. I mean, when you look at Mavs adjustments, we do talk about adjustments on this pod. And the Mavs made some, you know, tonight that, you know, we're only talking about the Mavs ones, though. (laughs) I listed off freaking Suns adjustments on that dang pod. (laughs) Um, but you know, Re- Reggie started off his, his post game. His first question post game was about, "Hey, when did you know you were going to pick up Booker tonight?" And you know, Reggie said, "I found out today. I knew we were going to make adjustments, and you know that that was my next assignment, Devin Booker." And he praised Booker. He said he's a good basketball player and everything. But you know, the switch of putting you know taking Dorian off of him, putting Reggie on, it, just, it was just a different look. You know, Reggie's a little bit quicker, you know, a little bit smaller than Dorian. Allows Dorian to kind of you know free up to put some more length on Chris Paul, uh, but honestly, it doesn't really matter who you put on Chris Paul right now because he's just not playing good, like you said. So he's not. Um, and then I mean, this just goes to the luxury of you know I, I don't want to go too big picture of this, but this is why you go out and get Reggie Bullock in the off season. This is why in hold the on, off season. Wait, 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 hold on. You're saying that? Wait, should he play? I have to apologize that you felt that he should have played more. But this is why you go out and get him and why you tout that signing you know, of like, hey, this is a bigger signing for us because yes. they, they struggled so much with wing depth. Tonight, Charks asked, he's like, hey, who, who carded you know, Paul George last year? And we're like, 
Oh yeah. Tim Hardaway. It's like, oh, okay. Okay. <laughs> but it's like, it's such a luxury this series knowing that, oh, okay, well, you know what, you know, Dorian, let's try to get him off Booker a little bit. Oh, we got another guy. We have Reggie Bullock. This is why you go out and get wings. You need multiple wings that you could throw at guys like Devin Booker, a super talented guy like Booker. Putting Bullock on him was huge. Like you said earlier, they blitzed, you know, Devin Booker early, especially in that first quarter. They made it difficult for him. They put him in some tough decision-making moments, doubling hard doubles at times, but blitzing kind of showing a little bit similar what, you know, Phoenix did against Luka there in game five, but an incredible defensive game plan. And the and this is the lowest the point the Suns have scored all year. I don't know when was the last time they've scored in the 80s, but just incredible defense all around tonight. Absolutely wild. And if you start looking at, you know, the same kinds of things that I was doing for the Mavs after game five, if you're like, okay, let me just go look and see when's the last time this Suns team had a 91.5 offensive rating this season? Never. Hasn't happened. And so it's the exact same game. It's the exact same game they just played in game five, but the script was completely flipped. The Mavs are the home team and the Mavs are the winner and the Mavs are the one that executed better. In game five, the Suns executed better. And then the Mavs came out of this game, looked a little shaky on defense early on. It was, you know, like, you know, 14 to 11 and it was kind of going back and forth. And then all of a sudden the Mavs defense kind of, kind of clicked in. You saw Reggie Bullock, you saw Dorian Finney-Smith kind of click in, and then it was just, uh, you know, (laughs) pretty dominating defensive effort after that. It it uh, felt like the Suns were, like, waiting to to throw their big punch. They were, yep. I was so nervous that after the first quarter, into the second quarter, you know, Phoenix, they were just, they were kind of settling a little bit. They were taking their long twos, which they love, but they only had one three... Yeah, they only had one three-point attempt, which they don't shoot a ton of threes anyway, but they only had one three-point attempt at the end of the first quarter. They only took seven in the first half. Compare that to Dallas. Dallas took 24 threes in the first half. So a huge difference in that. But Phoenix was just like, hey, we we love the mid-range so much that we're, we we want to live or die by it, honestly. And tonight, they just didn't shoot well. Like They shot under 40% from the field tonight. We have been talking about their field goal percentage all all playoffs. They've scored over 50%, especially in their wins. And it's like this Dallas defense in these in the Suns losses, what's you know, what's what's their field goal percentage been? They've been under 50% all three of those games. I think it's 44, 46, and now 39, 40% tonight. It's just you can't praise the defensive game plan enough. Jason Kidd deserves a ton of credit for how far this series has went. Yeah. You give you give their their defense credit for sure. The Suns gave it to them too. Like the Suns were like, "Hey, we're, we're just gonna cough up this game, basically." And so coming up, let's get into how Luka Doncic took this game that was that was given to the Mavericks. Like, hey, we're gonna take this game by the throat, and I'm gonna change something that I did in Game Five and messed up in Game Five, and I'm gonna change it, flip the script, and make it a Mavs win in game six. We'll talk about that and more coming up. Before we do, let me tell you about Built Bar. It's a protein bar that tastes like a candy bar. Somebody took my picture from the upper deck, saw me, and took a picture and said, Nick's probably ordering his next batch of Built Bars. That was not correct at the time, but incredible that somebody would, would tweet that at me in the middle of a game. Um, birthday cake puffs. The white chocolate birthday cake puffs are available right now while supplies last. I know ours are coming in the mail right now. I'm excited about it. Excited to try that one. You can go try it too. That bar has 150 calories, 
16 grams of protein, 9 grams of sugar in a bar covered in 100% white chocolate with marshmallow puff in the middle of it, sprinkles on the top of it. Who, lo- who doesn't love sprinkles? Check it out. Built.com. Use the promo code LOCKED15 to get 15% off your entire order. It's Built.com. Thanks for making Locked On Mavs your first listen every day. Now make your next listen after this. Locked On NBA Big Board. Rafael Barlow is doing an incredible job over there. He was at Game 6, I know. Uh, and also Richard Stamen doing an incredible job at Mavs Draft on Twitter. They're on that show. Locked On NBA Big Board. Free and available wherever you get your podcasts and on YouTube. All right, Isaac. Luka Doncic was great in this game. 33 points, 11 boards, 8 assists, 4 steals, and honestly, 3 of them I thought were all on Devin Booker. One of them, he just picked his pocket. And the other yeah. the other two, I think, like, Devin Booker just kind of handed the ball to Luka. It was just, there's just so many bizarre plays in this game where the Suns just coughed it up and honestly choked this game away. Um, and, that, and Luka Doncic took advantage of those. Uh, it was 9 of 14 from the free throw line, and if the Mavs had lost this game, that would definitely come back to bite them at some point. 100%. But I thought Luca made an adjustment, and you know, there's a scout sitting next to me that just kept saying over and over again, "The paint is open. The paint is open. Why is he not going downhill, getting in the middle, doing what he did in the in games three and four, where you know the Suns kept trying to force Luca away from these start at the top of the key and go all the way down through the paint drives. They did, they wanted to stop those middle drives, and they did in game five, and in this one they didn't at all really. Like Luca was able to get like clean dunks three or four times in this game. Yeah, he, you know, it, it's so, it's so frustrating watching the Mavs offense when they don't get into the paint. Cause you're like, you're just settling at this point. Like you can get into the paint. They just, because it just opens up everything, whether it's Luca, whether it's Brunson. And, you know, they, they started getting a little cute with it there in the second half, the first, the fourth quarter there, settling for some shots. We're like, get, get into the freaking paint. Like, just do it. Like, just get in there. So, uh, you know, and like you say, I thought they made a point of that early on. Luca just driving, finding the mismatch. I felt like they were trying to take advantage of the Chris Paul switch more tonight. Um, you know, he, once again, it looks like he's just getting like kind of worse by the game. He could have a resurgence, you know, resurgent game seven, and with a couple of days off back in Phoenix, he very well could. But they were taking advantage of that that mismatch tonight. You want to know the difference between Luka Doncic and Devin Booker? Like Devin Booker is so reliant mm. on his jumper and has Kardashian? to ha- and has to have these a long term relationship and have these these plays where he gets just enough separation, hangs in the air just a little bit, and then has the exact right timing to be able to get his jumper off. Luca can just play bully ball. Like you just watch Luca and he does some things that Giannis does, right? You watch Giannis in some of these games and he just like barrels through you. Now Giannis takes the floaters that Luca gets and turns them into dunks, and that's how he's different because his arms are go go gadget. But yeah. the difference between Luca and, and Devin Booker is to be able to dominate. Like a, a jump shooter like Devin Booker can have really great games and have 70 point games. And, you know, if he gets real hot, he can he can score really well. He's a great player. You know, he's a star player. But to be a dominant, like top five player in the NBA, you have to have these moments where you're just, I'm imposing my will against you. And I, I don't even know if I've seen that from Devin Booker in, in this series yet. We've seen good team wins from the Suns. We've seen the Suns win games like that, but we haven't seen him impose his will against the Mavs at times. And in this game, they needed him to. The Suns needed him to impose their will. He went 6-17 or in this game, and he just can't because there's just certain plays that if the Mavs play good enough defense against him, he's just forced to try and throw up his jump shots. And if his jump shot's cold, then all of a sudden it's out. If Luka's jump shot is cold, he's got another option from there. 
Yeah, I was going to say, I think there has been times that Booker has felt like he's unguardable, though. Like to where when his jumpers has, when his jumpers going and he's hot he yes for yeah. sure he's in but that's not imposing your will right like that's just that's being hot and being like unguardable when Luca's step back is is going like right? that's that's what you get from Luca right well the the problem is I think Luca thinks his step back's going all the time well he, and, he said that today before the today before the game like there might be good. a reason why they're giving you the step back there might be true. Uh, <laughs> Uh, anyway, let's we won't we won't stay on that. I I loved the energy that Luca. You know, I got worried there in the first quarter. You know, he he was holding his knee a little bit, his thigh, his leg a little bit. And, Went to the locker room. You know, there's he's over there at the bench during a free throw, getting a you know putting a sleeve on. You know, in the middle of the game, then he goes to the locker room and he's like riding the bike. He was he was kind of just slow out there in the first quarter, like slower than normal, and it was like dang it, like this is a do or die game. We need, and I mean, he played through it and he's going to continue playing. And I just, I love the, even him talking post game about the tra- trash talk. You know, he got asked multiple times. He got asked, you know, uh, about the whole Luca special stuff, you know, the Booker clip we all saw and all that stuff. And is, he's just like, hey, it's basketball. Like it's fun. It's fun to trash talk. He's, I love, I love when people trash talk and it's just, he's just out here like just, laughing about it you know just having having fun with it and that's just what makes luca luca that's the difference between devin booker and luca too luca trash talks to have fun devin booker trash talks to make you be embarrassed <laughs> right like yeah, yeah i mean but okay so that third quarter was i mean if we've ever seen a pez dispenser as a basketball player it's it's devin booker man like the the head we need to check. I just want to like we need to check on him. Make sure the neck is okay. Like is he is was, he questionable for game was, seven? Because I was neck, throwing it back like, to Thirty Rock, saying he had uh, avian bone syndrome, possibly right. Like you have very <laughs> brittle bones, so anytime you're touched, you just like have to flinch because your your bones may break. I, obviously, the Mavs won this game, so I don't want to like talk too much about the referee. But the third quarter was one of the worst officiating quarters I've ever seen in my entire life. Wild. Some of these whistles that were like player lands, player rebounds, whistle happens, and it's like, oh no, no, no. there was actually a foul in the shot before that rebound. There, it's like, whoa, what happened? Like, there was just some some wild, wild calls in that. Well, and there was the play where Jay Crowder threw Frank Nilakina <laughs> into Chris Paul, and Frank Nilakina got the the foul call, and. Chris Paul may have hurt his hand on that play, and that's something we're definitely going to have to watch for Game 7, too. Are we sure? Do we know if that's a positive or negative for the Mavs? <laughs> Happy birthday, CP. <laughs> Has uh, Chris Paul been the same since his birthday? <laughs> um, but real quick, going back, to, going back to Devin Booker, his night tonight, 6 of 17, 35% from the field, didn't hit a three. He had... Eight turnovers. He had more. He had two more turnovers than he had made shots in this game. I just thought they made it difficult for him. A guy like that that's so talented that is one of the best scorers in the entire NBA. Yeah. Like you just gotta you just gotta make it difficult. And like Reggie said that post game too. And I thought Reggie did a great job. We talked about the game plan on him and everything, especially if Chris Paul is gonna feel like he's aged, you know, five to eight years in a matter of like a week, then if you can try to contain or make things difficult for Booker, then do that because you're not. I mean, Aiton had a, a decent game tonight. He had what twenty one eleven, 
Okay. Like, Mavs Mavs live with every bucket that Aiton got in this game. Because especially fadeaway shots from Aiton. Sign me up all day. Fadeaway shots, the little putback stuff, like the you know the pick and roll where he he's on like a, a Mavs guard because there's a bad switch or something like that. They're gonna live with all that stuff because it's that yeah. that's not stuff you can go to all the time. That's because the Mavs made a mistake. You know the Mavs made a mistake, or they just kind of you know they were trying to take away something else, and they're like, okay, we're gonna live with that. We're gonna live with you hitting those twos that take a lot of time off the clock, and we know you're only gonna get like. 21 to 25 of those. Like Aiton's never scored 30 points in a playoff game. I don't know if he's is he go, if he has one against this Mavs team right. yet against Dwight Powell and Maxi. You know he's not going to right. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe I don't want to eat my words on that for Game Seven, but it doesn't feel like it. Just doesn't feel like the Suns team is is ready to like hand him the keys like that and be like, all right, go get yourself a bucket. Right. He didn't get himself buckets in this. I feel like he was set up or he was you know putting back stuff. Yeah, if Aiden score puts up like a thirty-three and twelve, then y'all can clip here and you can <laughs> you can uh, you know offer to throw hands with Nick. So Dinwiddie, <laughs> take me to Temecula, Spencer Dinwiddie tonight. Almost such a, such an odd game for <laughs> for Dinwiddie because he hits five threes in this game, which was incredible. I mean, they desperately needed that. He needed that for confidence. He hit six because there was one where he hit the three, but the, <laughs> the whistle was blown and it was a bad call and it should have been a, a made three by Dinwiddie. But uh, yeah, so he was, he's just hot and cold, man. He's yes and no. He's well, in, then he's out. He's up, then he's down. <laughs> he's black and he's white. He's wrong when he's right. Well, kiss or make up. <laughs> That's all um, the Katy Perry lyrics I know. <laughs> well, uh, we'll talk about Frank in the third segment, but there was a moment there in the first half that I was sitting there debating: Are they going to play Frank over Dinwiddie? And I mean, he he ended up with more you know technical more time tonight than Dinwiddie, but there were times that Dinwiddie would have came out and you know came in in the rotation, and they elected to keep Frank on the floor. And I think it's more of a testament to Frank. But it, but to finish my thing on Dinwiddie, it's such an odd game for him because I thought he got kind of overshadowed a little bit by Frank, but he hit five threes in the game. <laughs> Not much else after that. But you hit five threes, and those five threes were really important. He took Davis's role, basically. He, he needs game. to think about those five threes more than the state of crypto right now. But so. let's let's talk about Frank Nilakina coming up, because that was one big adjustment that Jason Kidd made that oh. I thought was really, really positive, and I thought was a, a big change akin to what the Suns did when they when they did make adjustments, when they adjusted and put Bismack Piampo Playing Frank in, over in, Josh is a good game. In game five. We'll talk about that coming up. But before we do, let me tell you about Bet Online. Go check it out for all the sports betting odds, lines, series, money lines, spreads, all that kind of stuff. They do not have Mavs Suns up yet. They don't have game seven up. They don't mm. have the series up. They've taken both of those down. Spicy. That's gonna be wild to see what that is. Spicy. We'll probably Spicy. we'll probably tell you what it is on tomorrow's show. But for right now, for the series. The Bucks are minus 245 against the Celtics. The Warriors are minus 900 against the Grizzlies. Yeah. You, you still feeling that Warriors team even after they got just destroyed like that? Yeah. Okay, you're still feeling that. I think they're uh, going to win by like 15 plus. <laughs> In that game six, the Warriors are favored by eight points on Bet Online. So go check out all that with the odds, the props, everything. They also have some WNBA props right now. Our Dallas Wings or an eight-point underdog on Friday against the Washington Mystics. Mm. So you can go check out that, every kind of thing that you can want at Bet Uh, 
Use your mobile device or check out the website. Bet online. It's where the game starts. All right, Isaac. One of the big adjustments that Jason Kidd did make was Frank Nilakina. Frankie. And who would have thought? Who who was calling for Frank Nilakina minutes at some point before this game, before other games? Like who was calling for that? I can't remember. I just thought he should play over Josh. I didn't on, know if he, I didn't know if he, you know. I didn't know if he would have this big of an impact on a game, but I was like, what Josh is giving you out there, at least try Frank. Like, at least try him out there. And, I, I mean, he missed the only shot that he took tonight. He did hit a three the other night. But, holy crap, his defense tonight literally, like, helped change this game. I mean, the the passing lanes, I thought one of the under underrated things tonight that I think I know Luca mentioned it, but Reggie, uh, I think Reggie talked about it too. Is one of the things they talked about was just being more active with their arms and their hands in the passing lanes. And I felt like they did that so much tonight. And Frank was a key part of that, of just his defense on Chris Paul was huge. The times that he guarded Devin Booker was huge. They threw out lineups of Dinwiddie, Brunson, and Frank together. I was like, whoa, holy crap. Rick Carlisle is like going <laughs> to repel down from the, no, the those, ceiling on that. Those guards aren't small enough for Rick Carlisle to play <laughs> three guards like that. Shout out to Miles Turner for being in the building tonight to see his future team. But I thought Frank just played an incredible, incredible game. And, I mean, we'll talk more about Game 7 on the next few days, but I mean, he he has to play at least 20 minutes in game seven. Frank Nilekina, four steals, one block. Like, <laughs> this is one of those games where you can't just look at the box score and say, oh, he didn't score. You know, you can't just say, oh, well, he had four steals. So I guess I was pretty good. You had to watch this game to see his impact because the Mavericks have been looking for and trying to find somebody else to take some extra minutes, right? They they didn't play many guys in this game uh, until until garbage time, but... They need an extra guy. Dinwiddie hadn't been that extra guy. Defensively, he hadn't been stepping up. And honestly, when you get down to it in some of these games, in these playoff games, it just simplifies so much. You got your guys that can make shots. You got your guys that can make plays. And then you got the others. And the others have to do something for you. They have to bring out something. And Dinwiddie wasn't bringing out something. Josh Green wasn't bringing out something. Frank Nilekina can bring defense. And so he was doing doing a thing, right? And yeah. they desperately needed that and they, he filled a little bit of a void there so that was a a big change that that jason kidd made and uh, it was a huge impact he ended up playing more minutes than dinwiddie i mean he's overtaken you know trey burke in the in the, the lineup josh green in the lineup he's overtaken sterling brown in the lineup like he's just rising riding up the the ranks right here and i'm just really glad the maps took a chance on him yeah you know a part of his minutes did you know, was a factor of Dorian being in foul trouble, which for sure some of those fouls were dumb. Um, but but I think a little bit of it too was him playing over Dinwiddie. That you have to ask yourself of all right, would we rather have whatever lineup is out there? Would we rather have you know Frank's versatility on defense for him to guard Chris or him to guard Devin Booker while Dorian's out or Reggie's out? I mean, there was a moment in the second half. Chark's pointing this out during the middle of the game. He's like, "Is this the first moment you know in this entire series?" that they haven't had Bullock or Dorian Finney-Smith on the floor at the same time. And it's like, I mean, that's a good, that's a good point. And that's only possible because Frank was playing so well. It's like, you got to have at least one guy out there that can play perimeter defense and you can't, I, I thought just Frank played an amazing game. You're smiling. Eddie Johnson just responded to me on Twitter. <laughs> oh God. Eddie Johnson. If You're you going to get know, Suns fans. Going. <laughs> if you don't know, Eddie Johnson is the, uh, 
I think he's yeah, he's still the color analyst for the Suns. Obviously, they're not doing local broadcasts right now, but he he is like as homer as they get at times with the Suns defending them in every which way. Yeah. And um Nick Wright has been a huge Mavs, Mavs advocate in these playoffs. And he said Devin Booker, an, an alleged superstar who openly mocked a cle- clearly superior player in the previous game, is 5 of 14 from the field. This is during the game with six turnovers and two assists. And Eddie Johnson responded to him and said, what is wrong with you, little guy? Devin can do whatever he wants, and Luca can keep smiling in players' faces, too. They play. You sit and yap and would cry if you entered the court with Devin. Stay in your lane, water boy. Yeah, said it now. Now what I mocked you. Just Waterboy. glad Harp is not on Twitter. <laughs> Twitter play-by-play right here. Just don't don't go go through my mentions and read them on. on Twitter. So I said, or, yeah, but he didn't say that Nick Wright was wrong. So dot dot dot. And then Eddie Johnson uh, responded okay. and said he is wrong and has zero substance talking about what a player can't do. Just stay in your studio and yap while never showing up on site to be seen. Soft. Ooh, Charmin. <laughs> I, I yeah. <laughs> That's incredible. Amazing. Um, I don't know if I should have taken like two minutes of the pod to, to run through that, but I just thought it was really funny. <laughs> I was expecting a little bit more in that response, but yeah, he didn't go good. after me because I'm I'm a nobody. He's a nobody. It's good we got the who the blank is. Um, Reggie tonight. What was something we mentioned on yesterday's pod? We're like, hey, the Ma- the Mavs will win if now. I said both of both of them, and obviously Dorian got in foul trouble, so it didn't happen. But I said both of these guys need to take at least 10 three-pointers. Reggie took 11 tonight. He hit five of them, 45% yep. from three. They created the shots for him. He just had – there are multiple times now I'm like, dude, Reggie's played an amazing, amazing game. I didn't know we bragged on him earlier in this pod, but just to defend Booker, to hit five threes in this game, he just – I mean, he's well worth it. The contract. Well, and the Mavs didn't need to create as many points in this game because the Suns' offense was just so bad, and the Mavs' defense was was good, right? Like they just didn't need to create as many points in this game. They did score 113, but a lot of them didn't come from the same way that the Mavs create because it just becomes so lopsided. There was garbage time for four minutes in this game, and so it didn't need to be two players to get there. They just needed one. They needed Dinwiddie hit five threes. Uh, Kleba hit three of his five threes. Dorian hit a three. Luke hit two of his, and that's what they. That's all they needed. I mean, they they hit sixteen threes tonight. They were one three away from shooting forty, you know, forty total threes, forty one you know percent from three in the game. I wrote down a couple of different things. You know, there's some pace stuff in this game that I'm sure we'll, we'll probably look at over the next you know day or so. That you know, at one point, I want to look at fast break points because at one point it ended, it ended at twenty one to eight. But in the first in the first half, we were talking about this at halftime. Dallas's uh, fast break points to, compared to Phoenix, 16 to two, like 16 to two in fast break points. And we're talking about a Dallas team who like just chills. We on this podcast, I don't know if I've talked about fast break points at all this whole season because they don't matter for the Mavs because the Mavs never get them and they always get beat in fast break points. But yeah. when Mavs PR tweeted that out, I think Bobby, Bobby first point, Bobby Crowell first pointed it out. 16 fast break points is the most fast break points the Mavericks have gotten in a single playoff game this run. And they got it in the first half. Like that's that's when just things were so wonky, right? The turnovers that the Suns were forcing, forcing themselves to, right? Like the Mavs were just taking advantage of them and taking what was given to them. Yeah. And you know what? It helps, you know, 
keep Phoenix from scoring a ton in transition or in fast break is you taking smart shots. Like you getting into the paint and all that. Like if you're just launching up dumb shots and there's these long rebounds, then they can get out in transition. But um, Phoenix won the rebounding battle. Just wanted to throw that out there. Uh, That's just a broken record at this point. But (laughs) just what a fun night, though. Amazing. This is. And this is what you do. Enjoy this, right? You got we got two days now to enjoy this win because. Some people didn't think the Mavs would get a win against the Suns. They got they've gotten three now and can possibly still win this. And guess what? All of the pressure is on the Suns now. All of it. Oh, Jason yeah. Jason Kidd even before Game Six was saying mm. that he didn't think there was any pressure on the Mavs because they don't they're not expected to win a championship this year. And so he didn't even see Game Six as an elimination game. I'm not sure I'd go that far, but maybe as the guy that's trying to motivate the guys to actually get it done, maybe I could see myself getting to that headspace. But all the pressure's on the Suns. They're in their building. Imagine if the Mavs take a lead late. How quiet is that building going to be? How quiet was that building at certain points when the Mavs had leads? And all of a sudden, you're like, oh, dang, I forgot there was even a Suns crowd in here. So, Lucas played in a game seven before. And this Suns um, team has not. The Suns team last year, they played been. six games in, in, in round one, four games in round two against the Nuggets. Then it was six, and then it was six when they lost to the to the Bucks. They have not played in a game seven together. And so there could be some tight sphincters going into this game seven for the Suns, especially because Chris Paul, this this may be one of his last shots. Like, let's do that whole thing again. This could be one of Chris Paul's last shots to win a title. This is huge yeah. for him. And so it's it's not up or shut up time, I guess, for them. It's, it's literally an elimination game where they're expected to win the title this year. Yeah, it's just while it like if you just go back a few months and say, hey. Like this, you know, this Mavs team, they're going to go the second round and they're going to take the Suns to seven games. The best team in the NBA. Yeah, 64 win Suns team to seven games in the second round. No matter the outcome, I would be like, holy crap, that's a success. Like that's that's big time. Like that's the a huge next step, because what do you what's the next step even mean for a team? You get more experience. You know how to win a series in the playoffs. They did all that. Now they're going seven games against the best team, you know, arguably the best team in the NBA, 64 win, the Suns team. That's like crazy. And it's like, now you're going to seven games. You're going to play a game seven on the road in their house, like win or lose. You're going to win and grow. So, I mean, you're going to grow so much from this game that that's where like the Mavs are playing with house money on that. Like, like you said, all the pressure is on Phoenix now and game seven, anything can happen. We have the best player in this. We have the best player in the series in Luka Doncic. He's yep. played on some of the biggest stages around the world when yes. it comes to, you know, playing basketball. And I, that's that's what's cool about it. You know, if Luka wasn't playing or we didn't have Luka, I'd be like, oh, all right, let's go do this thing, you yeah, know? Like Chris Paul has played in one finals last year, right? He's played in, like, what, one one other Western Conference finals? Or he had never played in a Western Conference finals before last year, I don't think. Uh, Well, the one with Houston. Houston, right? You're right. You're right. Yeah. So two, he's played in two Western Conference Finals. He's played in one Finals. Um, Chris Paul or no, uh, Devin Booker, he's played in one Finals and one Western Conference. One playoff Finals. run, yeah. One playoff run. You might think differently, you know, based on. So I, I would take Luca's experience with the multiple, you know, times in the playoffs against the the, Celt- the, the Clippers, who were like incredible, <laughs> who were an incredible yeah. team with Kawhi and Paul George in them, and his experience in EuroLeague. It's uh. It's it's insane. So uh, let's leave, let's I'll leave you with this. Mike Peasley pointed out a really interesting thing on uh, the the post game on 
the Mavs radio. Last year, the Mavs went seven against the Clippers. The road team won every single game up until game seven where the home team won game seven. Now imagine if this year, the home team won every single game and then the road team went and won game seven. And if the Mavs win, that'll happen. Ooh. Just completely flip the script on last year. We will have you covered every single day. We'll continue to we'll do a podcast tomorrow. We'll do, we'll do another series, one after that. The series hasn't started yet. The, the oh wait. Away team hasn't. The away team hasn't won yet. The series hasn't even started yet. So I guess it starts on Sunday. We'll have a podcast every single day for you until then. Guys, thanks so much for listening to Lockdown Mavs. Peace out. Came on, Kobe. Let it ride in your own life.